worship this morning at Sidman Methodist Church and to those viewing us online for the Sidman Dunlow and Beaverdale Charge. Let us have our lighting of candles. Please stand if you are able and join in singing How Firm a Foundation, hymn number 275.
Discuss what we'll be voting on on November 5th. And there's a youth meeting tonight from 5 to 7. Anything else about that tip? I saw you handing out some forms or something. I'll be handing out candy forms to the youth group tonight because they'll be selling them for candy for their fall Bible study at 11 on Thursday and a baptism meeting with the Gramlings for the pastor. If you look to the charge, there's an anointing service next Sunday on the 29th. Combined worship and communion service on the 5th of November at Dunlow at 10, followed by church conferences. And the 19th of November, the Forest Hills Ministerium Thanksgiving service at Dunlow with guest speaker Randy Bain. Two announcements about the... I thought you said the anointing was in the bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. There is no there, there is no anointing service today below the pastoral prayer. That's next week. I got ahead of myself. And please look in your hymnal to pick a favorite hymn when we get to that. You can shout that out. For the affirmation of faith, please stand and we will have a responsive reading, Psalm 99. In the Pew Bibles, it is found on page 515. The Lord reigns, let the nations tremble. He sits enthroned between the cherubim, let the earth shake. Great praise the Lord in Zion. He is exalted over all the Let them praise your great and awesome name. He is holy. The king is mighty. He loves justice. You have established equity. And Jacob has done what is just and right. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his footstool. He is holy. Moses and Aaron were among he spoke to them from the pillar of cloud. They kept his statues, statutes and the decrees he gave them. O Lord our God, who answers them, you were to Israel a forgiving God, to punish their misdeeds. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy mountain, for the Lord our God is holy. Please be seated, and will the children come forward? Sick. What would you do that for? You went to the circus. Where? In Pittsburgh. Uh oh. Who's this? Jack. Who? Jack. Zach. Jack. Jack. Oh, wait, Jack. Jack, be nimble. Jack, be quick. Now, how is Jack related to you two? He's a cousin. How many times we moved? Do you know that stuff? My, my first cousin, my, 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 my cousin, three times. Well, 
I want to read to you today about the parable of the sower. Jesus told this story about a farmer who planted seeds. Some seeds landed on hard dirt, Jesus said. Birds ate those seeds. This is like people who hear God's word, but then quickly forget to obey it. Do you obey God's word? No. Well, you're sitting there shaking your head. No. No, you don't obey God's word. Now you change your mind. Okay. Other seeds landed where there was only a little dirt. The seeds grew into baby plants, but the sun dried them out. This is like people who gladly hear God's words, but forget it when trouble comes. Do you forget God's words when trouble comes? You're almost... Okay, the next one. Other seeds landed in dirt where weeds were growing. The weeds choked these plants. You know what choked me? If I put my hands around your neck, I could choke you. Cut off your oxygen. This is like people who start out... Who... What? At least you're smiling. Who start out obeying God's word. Obeying God's word. But then they start to worry about all the things they want. They forget about God's care and help. Yeah, let Jack wander around if he wants to. Crawl wherever he wants to. What? What? No, stay here. How would you like if everybody kept telling you to stay here? Where's he going to crawl to? Well, let's find out. Okay, then now some seeds landed on good dirt. They grew into big plants. They were a hundred times more big plants than the number of seeds that were planted. This is like people who hear and obey God's word. Do you hear, uh, do you hear God's word? No? You've got to listen clo more closely on, the, on a Sunday morning. Then the next thing is, do you obey God's word? Obey is a big word. Jack is getting frustrated because you won't let him go. Where's he going? Let's see where he goes. chocolate in here. You don't want any? Is he feeling all right? Kit Kat. What's that? Oh, some kind of taffy.
Jack. Okay. Let us pray. Oh God, we give you all our possessions. Let us value them and use them only for you. Let us faithfully give back to you through giving to the poor and needy all that you have entrusted to us. We give you ourselves and our all. Govern and order us and all that is ours. We give our reputation to you. May it be used to advance your honor in the world. When we are tempted to think again like the world and to adapt to the customs that surround us, let us say, we do not belong to ourselves, we do not serve ourselves, nor the world, but our God. We will give God, to God what belongs to God. We gather this morning in your presence to raise our voices to you, to bring to your attention what's on our hearts, minds, and souls. We offer prayers for the good health and well-being of the members of this congregation, their families, friends, and neighbors. We pray for members of law enforcement, military, especially First Lieutenant Carl Smith. And we pray for firefighters, first responders, and EMTs. We pray for the well-being and safety for the leaders of our country, our community, and our church. We pray for the safety and well-being of our youth, and we ask that we continue to encourage them on their walk of faith. We pray for the unsaved, the unbelievers, those who have lost their way. We ask that they, they, the light finally shines on their wayward ways, and they're able to change and go in another direction the direction that you have planned for them. We hope they, they figure this out before it's too late for them. We ask for forgiveness for our going astray and for choosing our way over your way. We pray for the Brant family who is dealing with the loss of a, of, of a family, family member. We pray for the conflict in the Middle East. Let us support the fight between good and evil. May Israel achieve its goals in the shortest time possible. We are seeing evil being paraded in our streets. How has this happened? What have we done wrong? Be with us, God, and protect us from these evil forces. Now there was a name that came to the people while we were praying, came to their hearts, their minds, their spirits. Let them say those names out loud now. prayer time to a close by praying together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
opportunity to come to worship you on this uh, third Sunday of the month of, uh, I think it's the third Sunday, it might be the fourth Sunday of the month of, uh, of October. We thank you for this, dear Lord. We ask that you accept these tithes and gifts and offerings that these two young boys brought to you today. It's coming from the members of this congregation and to be used with the help of the running of the church here in Sydney and with spreading your word throughout the area. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, Master, Teacher, and Friend. And we said, Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Please be seated. Our lectionary reading for today comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 22. We pick up where we left off last week, chapter, uh, verse 15 to 22. Then the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap him, Jesus, in his words. They sent their disciples to him along with the Herodian teacher, they said. We know, we know that you are a man of integrity and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, You hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin used for paying the tax. They brought him a denarius, and he asked them, Whose image is this, and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then he said to them, So give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, so they left him and went away. Words of God for the people of God. Words of God for the people of God. Yes, 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 yes. My goodness. You're in church. You should say that out loud. Not mumble it. Especially for our listening audience at home. Is that me that's rustling? What am I rustling for? I'm not wrestling now. I'm not wrestling. You still got me? Yeah, you still got me. All right. What am I to do? Pay my car loan or my car insurance this month? Do I pay the heating bill or buy new shoes for little Jimmy? These are dilemmas. A dilemma is having to make a choice between multiple, many times undesirable alternatives. The Jewish leaders are seen here on the attack, and they do it by directing carefully crafted questions to Jesus. They ask these questions in public, while the crowd looks on and listens, and their aim is to make Jesus discredit himself by his own words. The seriousness of this attack, the, the reading doesn't say this, but who's involved with this are the Sadducees, Sadducees and the Pharisees. 
it's, it's shown by the fact that these two parties who are asking the questions are in bitter opposition to each other. They don't care for each other. They're like Republicans and Democrats, Sadducees and Pharisees. In spite of being bitter enemies, they were united against Jesus. Their differences were for the moment forgotten in a common hatred of Jesus and a common desire to do away with him. This is the horn of the dilemma. If Jesus agrees that it was right to pay taxes to Caesar, he would be opposed to God. If Jesus said that taxes should not be paid, he would have been landed over to Herod on the charge of rebellion. Paying the tax was in violation of the first two commandments. Thou shalt have no other gods before me, and thou shalt not make any graven image. The coin was a portable item. By its very existence, this coin declared two facts about Rome that made it despised and hated. It was a portable idol, declaring the government as God. And in that hated tax, the coin was the clearest symbol of Rome's oppression of the people of Israel. They resented it even more for religious reasons. To a Jew, to a Jew God was the only king. To pay tax to an earthly king was to admit the support of his kingship, and that would bring insult to God. What are you doing? You causing commotion? Huh? Citizens, Christians have a dual citizenship. They're a citizen of the country they live in, and to it they owe much. Troubles can come to a country when Christians refuse to participate in their government and leave it to selfish, if this doesn't describe the people of Washington, D.C. now. It's left to selfish, self-seeking, partisan, and unchristian people. And unfortunately, us Christians have sat aside and, and let them do what they're doing, and we're seeing it every night on the news, that this is the result of it. But the Christian is also a citizen of heaven. A real Christian, and this is the permanent truth which Jesus lays down, is that a Christian at one and at the same time is a good citizen of their country and is a good citizen of the kingdom of heaven. What is owed to Caesar? Taxes and nothing more. And what is owed to God? Everything. Our life, our work, you owe everything to God. What Jesus was saying in this statement is that God's claims upon us are so complete that our relationship to our government must come second to God's kingdom. And other things should become the only the number one. There should be no question about what's number one in, in your life. And that's God. Now, now people say, at the Bible class, before I became a pastor, at my home church that I was teaching, made up of uh, senior citizens, I asked them, 
How many of you would, who, what's first, God or your family? Mm. And we went around there, maybe 10 families in there. And they all said family. Every single one of them. And I bet you they've been in that church for 50 years. Mm. Every single one of them said, oh, my family. My family. Mm. Uh, uh, I don't know how I would feel if I had a family. I don't know. I don't have a family. So God first. There's no, there's no choice. Uh, uh, well, there is a choice to me, but it's not between God and family. Uh, uh, if, if you put God first, everything else will fall in place without you doing a thing. Everything else will fall in place, and everything will be taken care of. I mean, you may have to look at things and, and correct the problem here or there, or go that direction instead of going that direction. But that only comes to you if you have God first. The question is, what do we accept from and demand from the government that is supported by our tax dollars? Our tax dollars have been supporting Iran for at least three years. Did you know that? Our tax dollars, your tax dollars, have been, been sent over to Iran for the last three years. Before that, there was no, they were downright poor, but not anymore. Not only that, but what does the Christian conscience demand when governmental actions and the teaching of their faith appear to be in conflict? The abortion issue? The, the LGBTQR plus Y, y minus five, six or seven, whatever, whatever numbers and letters are up to now? Many things that the government does, our government nowadays, do things that are against, opposite of our beliefs. Look at that, you ran one of them off. With his unique wisdom, Jesus never laid down rules and regulations. That is why his teaching is timeless and never goes out of date. That's why these things, they seem to be so appropriate at this time of, of what the world is going through. Especially the United States and Israel, or Israel and the United States. He always lays down principles. Here he lays down a very great and very important principle. The issue for us today is not really about paying taxes as much as it is about paying attention to what our government is doing and whether or not we can in good conscience support its actions. And how can we show that we don't support it? Not that they're going to pay attention. Jesus does not say give. He says give back. Give back to Caesar whatever is legally owed to him, and nothing more. Give the government what is rightfully owned, owed, the taxes to which the country has agreed to pay. I don't know if we've agreed to pay the, the amount of taxes we pay now, the percentage, 
In other words, Jesus says, because coins are stamped with the image of Caesar, they belong to Caesar. But because people are made in the image of God, people belong to God. The dilemma some of us may have will be solved by putting God first in our lives. If, if God is second in your life, then you're going to be second in God's world. After he takes care of those who have God first, then he'll come to the seconds, or the thirds, or the fourths, wherever, wherever you put them. It seems like a drastic, a drastic step. Oh, Jack is just walking all over the place. It's time down. Do we have any rope around here? Hi, Jack. Hey, Jack. <laughs> Turn your hand around the other way and wave. Not like this, Jack. Okay, all right. Okay. It, it, you know, how, how do I run my life now that the God is in control? Don't worry about that. God will take care of it. He'll take care of it. He'll take care of every aspect of your life. Only if you have God first in your life. And you have to do more than just say, God is first in my life. You have to show it. And then things will work out. Guaranteed. Money back guarantee. Lifetime guarantee. That if you turn your life over to God, have him number one, number one on your phone, your call list, your speed dial, number one. Everything will be taken care of. Now you're going to have troubles. We all have troubles. You're going to have troubles. But at least you have somebody on your side who will help you in your troubles or help you get through your troubles. And we all need that. We all need that. Because we only get together for one, 45 minutes, once a month, once a week. 45 minutes, that's all. That's not much time to, uh, to, uh, to change things. It, it's uh, difficult. And uh, it's a, uh, you know, how do you counteract the 165 and a quarter hours uh, uh, with, with 45 minutes? And a sermon that's uh, uh, 12 minutes, maybe 12 minutes. I mean, I could get wrong a sermon. But I have to be out of here by 9.30 in order to get to Beaverdale. I'm very conscious of the time restraints everywhere. At least, at least today when I get home, I'll take a nap and I'll wake up and it won't be the Steelers third quarter, it'll be some other team because the Steelers come on at four o'clock because they're out in, in LA. So I'll take a watch a whole Steeler game. First one this year. Let us pray. Dear Lord, Give us the strength and courage to stand and support with other Christians 
when our values that we hold dearly are being challenged by our society. We just can't sit by without taking action. Doing nothing is just giving in to the other side. We need to come together to show those who are challenging our way that we are just not going to give in to their direction that is against our beliefs. Help us, dear Lord, in providing the needed directions we will need to resist the efforts of the other side. We pray in your most holy name. Amen. Now let us stand and, and sing, Oh, How I Love Jesus, number Gave us and give our utmost to God first. May God become our priority in our lives, giving us comfort and peace. And may we share with others what God has provided for us. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, go and earn your day. Let us sing our last verse. <laughs> 